This is part four of our five-part series on the economic policies of Biden versus Trump. In this part, we talk about climate change. All right, so I think um, on the topic, I know Dia, you were mentioning natural disasters and wildfires. I think that's a perfect transition into our next topic, which is climate change. Right off the bat, I will go ahead and say, and I'm sure you guys all know this, Donald Trump believes it is a hoax. He does not think it is real. So that is his stance on the issue. He he doesn't believe in it. He thinks it's a, a joke or whatever, like a big prank by the Democrats, despite the science. And he is a strong supporter, both fundamentally and financially, of the fossil fuels industry. He has a lot of money in, in that. And he has, as president, rolled back a bunch, you know, scores of environmental rules, um, regulations that protect just our environment and he has plans to lease millions of acres of public land for drilling and fracking and he has begun the long process to exit the Paris climate agreement because he does not think that the issue is real so that is Trump's stance and then as for Biden um, I am not I'm not too um, into Biden's actual climate change policy, although I am very passionate about the issue. I have not read much about what Biden, his stance on it is, but I know that he especially wants to achieve 100% clean energy and net zero emissions by 2050. However, that is probably going to be too late. Uh, We did hear about uh, there was that clock. Do you remember where that clock is? It's like the climate change clock. Yeah, the yeah, New Zealand. New, yeah. Isn't it New? Is it New York? Is where it is? I think. I, I think it was New York, but it's basically until when the world is gonna end, based on how our right. climate is going. But I, I believe. Um, I'm sorry. I'm also not sure about this, but I know that there. I remember there being talk of like us passing the point of no return, if you will. So kind of like where we've passed this point of we've already heated the the globe to the point where. We can't, nothing we can do can, like nothing we can do past this point can stop the impending end of humanity, essentially, due to global warming. So I'm actually not totally blanking as if we've already passed that date or it's like really close. It depends Um, on the news source. I'm sorry. It depends. It kind of. It just depends. There's like different studies that have. Mm Because I mean, that's how science is, right? Right. Right. There's a whole. There's a whole bunch of different things, but we're definitely. The general consensus is that we're at a point where we're like, we really have to do something. Right. Um. Even if it is a little too late, like we shouldn't throw our hands up. Right. Yeah. Well, we (laughs) died. We missed it. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I really not, like it's the, not like you're missing a bus, you know, it's right. <laughs> but at least try. Like but, try to catch up yeah. type thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I like how you, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I like how you brought up like the science aspect of it because I think though there can be some like controversy about whether Biden's policies are effective or not. Um, I think it's a great indication that he is uh, vouching for science, you know, so it's definitely, <laughs> It's definitely a big difference from someone who believes that uh, climate change is a hoax. And yeah, you know, you can debate all day about whether Biden's actions are effective, but I think in employing uh, those, you know, scientific opinions, I think potentially his policies could change and potentially we can, I don't know, hopefully come up with a better way to address these things. Well, I mean, like, it's just Biden is ahead of the game in the sense that 
first of all, he thinks it's a real thing, right? And whether or not his actions are ambitious enough, I know a lot of people have critiqued it saying, you know, oh, his plan isn't um, ambitious enough. It's a lot more ambitious than inaction. And in fact, Trump is actually not only not acting, but he is going the other direction and continuing to invest in fossil fuels and putting his money in fracking and like, you know, just making the problem worse, right? Yeah, so, but, um, but just, just wondering, Jamie, so what are your views on clean energy and trying to encourage that change for how we're basically dealing with like electricity and fossil fuels and such? Yeah, well, so, I mean, this is fun because this was actually kind of like the my introduction to politics. So when I went to UCLA, uh, one of the first groups I got involved, like my intro to politics was this group called CalPERG, California Public Interest Research Group. And they do a whole bunch of stuff. I mostly did like more of their like um, uh, anti-Citizens United stuff and mm-hmm. like higher education stuff. But like their big thing that they're known for is environmental advocacy. So I was out there on what we call Bruin Walk. It's like if you took the popularity of the rotunda, but put it on a a tiny little strip because that's where everyone has to walk to go to class. That's where everyone flyers and like does petitions and stuff. So I would be on Bruin Walk, like waving people down, getting petitions for, uh, you know, 100% renewable by, Mm -hmm. what was it, 2050, I think, SB 100. Um, so that was like my, my beginning was this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty much where I am. Like we have to do renewable energy. Yeah. It's really difficult though. It really like the, the, the transition is going to be really tough. And I, I think that, that is something agree. that Democrats have to be a little bit more, um, just like honest about is we can't talk about this without also talking about what the type cost. of job transitioning yeah. programs are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, it's, it is good that we're focusing on like, yes, there are going to be millions of other jobs created by the renewable energy sector, right. but how much of a transition is there going to be between all the people that are working in oil fields moving into that industry? Because we're talking about people who are like a lot of immigrants, a lot of people who are just barely making it by in their jobs right. to support their family. And that's a really big thing in LA, actually. There's a, the Inglewood oil fields mm-hmm. are right smack dab in the middle of, a, of oh. West Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I drive by it, I drive by it every day on my way to work, actually. Um, and it's and it's a big talking point of, of, and it's like all, it's like right in the middle of homes. Like it's actually a very interesting thing. I've never seen that much oil happening in such a city environment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, when when there was at LA City Council, um, I went there and they had an agenda item to put certain regulations. I think it was like on like how far you can drill from homes and to like make it longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were hundreds of people who showed up and said, "Look, like this is like this is my only option. This is what I have. Like this is this is my family, um, my well being." Um, and like a lot of people like had to use translators at the meetings and you know if if you are not fluent in English it is a lot more difficult to transition to another job yeah. um, we're just we don't live in a, in a country where that's a really welcome thing and mm-hmm. so yeah. we have to include that in our conversations about climate um, we also have to think about but we also I mean we're at a point where we have to say like that's just something we have to deal with and accept because if we don't address our climate, then like we're not gonna have jobs anyways, right? Like if the world doesn't exist, there is no economy. 
Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's just one of my, my personal peeves in kind of where some of the climate talks have gone is it doesn't all occur in a bubble. Like everything is intertwined with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's incredibly important that we take sweeping action. Like we're already experiencing this and we're at a point where people our age are talking about like not having kids because they don't want them to have to deal with whatever this fallout is going to look like. Like I worry about what the world's going to look like when I'm 50. If I have kids, I'm going to be 40. (laughs) So like, they're going to be, they're going to be well into this climate crisis if we don't do something now. Um, and I think that that is just kind of, I'm a, I'm a green new deal person. I'm a all the way, like we have to be smart about how we do it. And we have to do it in a way that is actually sustainable and in, yeah. in a way that is equitable. Um, but we also have to recognize that climate justice is, um, it's a social justice issue. It's a racial justice oh, yeah. issue. Um, it's an economic justice issue. Um, and we have to collectively treat it as such. Right. Yeah. No, no, I totally like, agree. no, I totally agree. Yeah. Like you were mentioning earlier about like structural unemployment. And for those that don't know what structural unemployment is, it's basically unemployment due to like technology changes and what's actually happening, like the industry. And so taking that into account, but also the cost effectiveness, because obviously um, if we're talking about the like, cost effectiveness, like using fossil fuels and oils and such are definitely cheaper than if we were to use more sustainable energy because they're not developed as well. And we don't have much research in that stuff yet. So uh, kind of like uh, comparing those, yeah. Yeah, and on an individual right. scale as well, um, like for example, the cost of me like buying solar panels for my house rather than um, using what, like the electricity I have right now. That's another, that's another um, like socioeconomic thing, right? Because a lot of people don't have access to those things. It's super expensive. So Jamie, like I totally agree with you. There's a certain holisticity, I don't know, holisticness, I don't know what the noun is, but uh, <laughs> I agree that it's not really being addressed right now. It's kind of like, oh yeah, we have this great like climate change plan, but mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of different um, things we need to consider before we kind of move forward. Right. But, there, think- is, but there is one thing. So sorry zach to cut you off but no, it's okay. but cars are subsidized so if you do drive an electric vehicle there are subsidies for that you do get a certain amount of tax write-off if you do drive like a tesla or like a kia like basically um environmentally friendly vehicle so we are making that step gradually right yeah that's yeah. great a little bit of positivity in like this discussion <laughs> yeah. um and then one more thing on kind of adding on to what you said, Mega, I kind of wanted to mention how I feel a lot of the just responsibility is being placed on individuals rather than corporations, which I definitely think oh, is yes. so wrong. Like it needs to be the other way around. Yes, corporate accountability, right? Because they, after all, are the ones who are causing just the the majority of the climate crisis has been caused by corporations and a large amount of corporations have actually known about the effects of their you know actions since the 1980s and they have just completely ignored it and just in the, you know in they all <laughs> eyes on profit right so i feel that we need to sort of shift that stigma to um having corporate accountability rather than sort of trying to make individuals accountable. Mm -hmm. I feel it's just not realistic 
there were two things that um, both you, Zach, and Mega said that are, are actually very interesting. So I'll start with uh, Mega on the the solar panel on your roofs. So one of the things that actually um, held up a climate bill in California, SB 100, when I was working on it, was um, there was an issue with um, utility unions because oh. still had certain language because you get like tax subsidies you or you can like sell whatever excess electricity you make um from your solar panels and whatever other sustainable electricity producing stuff you're doing in your home um you can sell that back essentially um to help subsidize your cost yeah. and the utility companies were very concerned and the workers were very concerned that having that option um in that language like instituted in the um plan to achieve that goal would um, threaten their jobs and it would move the emphasis away from utility companies and to the individual and so it was interesting to see labor come into conflict with an environmental bill because that's not necessarily a line you always really think yeah. about so i think that yes. uh, that is also something when we're being strategic about the environmental legislation that we're pushing um you it's it's interesting to think about those types of corners or that type of opposition and how you're going to address that and that's something we have to plan for and strategize for mm -hmm. uh, the other thing on the the individual that zach mentioned so one of the things that just really disillusioned me with like everything and i'm still very upset about it is when i learned about like how much of the stuff that you recycle just like doesn't actually get recycled yeah mm -hmm. oh my gosh right okay recycled. and so i'm like <laughs> So like, what am I doing? And I, it made mm -hmm. it made me sad because my mom got really sustainable. Like when I found this out, and like, oh. was, like trying to recycle, and she like has mm -hmm. a little compost bin that we put our eggshells in, and she like yeah, we do all that in the too. backyard. Yeah, same. <laughs> we we do that. But I was but, just trying not to be so angry and just yeah. be like you know, I, and I love that she's doing it, and I love that it gives her hope. But it's also like like that's not an answer because mm, we have right, such yeah. a lack of infrastructure. Oh yes, When totally. people are really putting their best foot forward, we're like not making any progress. And we need to set up infrastructure that makes it so, I mean, A, that corporations are held accountable and B, mm -hmm. that we're at a point where like, maybe we actually can make a difference on an individual. Right. And yeah. I, I am so glad you mentioned that because um, sometime last year, I actually learned about how little is actually recycled not only properly by the individual but then actually gets recycled and fun fact if you didn't know if there is any like per batch of recycling i don't know the proper term but like it's like point zero one percent like oh. per bale you can't have right. like yeah yeah there can be no issue with the bale because when they compact that recycling if there is like a coke bottle that hasn't been washed out the entire thing must be thrown away mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm trying to provide like a visual um when they compact like the plastics into those cubes that they compact them into to be recycled if it's not completely a hundred percent clean it can't be recycled and when i learned that it just made me so sad because i'm like how often like i just like nobody knows about this right like nobody knows how to actually properly recycle and just recently i've learned that i have to rinse out plastic bottles that you recycle those the nestle nestle i don't know how you pronounce it but the coffee creamer 
has like that wrapper around it with the label you have thank to thank you so off. much for listening to our or discussion on climate change so it's just like this it, was it just part four of our five-part like, series on it's just, the economic yeah, policies of biden versus trump in the next part we will be talking about taxation if you would like to have access to more resources on the upcoming election and how it affects your personal finances please feel free to reach out to us on our instagram at bayfi2020 or email us at bayfi2020 at gmail.com As always, stay tuned to Financeology to learn everything your school doesn't teach, from budgeting for the new shoe drop to deciding which credit card to apply for. We're so excited to have you here as we navigate this money-centric world one episode at a time.